Hello, it is episode 143 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, I sound different, don't I? I know, I sound like a married man. <laughs> I'm a married man. Still same format, though, sat in a car in a random car park. I'm in Finchley Central Station car park. So I literally just come back from a gig. I'm doing two gigs in Camden today. And I literally uh, played football this morning, had a shower at my mum's, drove to Finchley Central, parked up, ran on the train, went down to Camden, did my gig for uh, comedy brunch, then got back on the train and came back to Finchley to record the podcast. And then when I get back on the train and go into central London and go shopping, (laughs) I need a new hat. I need a new hat. I need a shiny hat. Um, I need a flat cap. Because I don't use umbrellas. Because I think umbrellas are some of the most selfish contraptions in the world. You know, you've got someone walking in front of you who's, well, at most, or maybe a foot and a half wide, if that. Maybe just a foot wide. How, how wide is an average human? Can't be much over a foot wide. But they decide, and they, what, they're going to be like, what, five foot, five? No, the average man's five ten, the average woman's five four. Let's meet in the middle. Say the person's five seven, and they're about under a foot wide. But yet they're going to put a contraption that makes them seven foot tall and three foot wide. And now I have to try and duck and walk around them, take some umbrella prongs in the face, and stuff just because they don't want to get wet. Well, do you know there's an easier way to not get wet? Wear a hat. Get a coat with a hood. All these other ways to not get wet. But no! I'm taking the whole pavement to myself. Because I don't want to get... I don't want my knees to get wet. So I'm going to have a massive golf umbrella. It's now four foot wide. It's just, oh, it's just annoying. So when you see people with the umbrellas that have been absolutely battered by the wind, but they won't give it up. They've got this broken bit of machinery over their heads, and it's just annoying. So when we leave the EU, ban umbrellas. <laughs> no, I don't know. They're just annoying. They're annoying to me. Maybe because I've never owned an umbrella or any nice umbrella I've had, I've lost it within 48 hours of getting it. So I'm a hat guy, so I'm going to buy a new hat. Um, I've got hair now, so I need to get a hat that's maybe a bit too big for me. Maybe two hats. One for if I ever cut my hair shorter again. And one to fit the hair in. But, um, yeah. I just come back from um, Comedy Brunch and... Oh, dear. Here's the recipe for comedy. Okay? Settled crowd. Preferably evening. Darkened room. Um, microphone working, stage well lit, and um, yeah, I think that's 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 roughly what you need. Uh, microphone worked, stage not the best lighting on the stage. Um, darkened room, even though it was the afternoon gig, the room was dark. Were the crowd settled? Oh, hell no. Bottomless brunch. Bottom. 
It's bottomless chicken wings, bottomless drinks. Guess what? They didn't have chicken wings in front of them. They were fuming. Got me in front of all these people, desperate for chicken. It's going to be a bloody lynching, mate. Oh, I, it, was, it was just terrible. I addressed that straight away. That got a bit on side. And, um, but after that, I was, it's a room full of about, about 200 people. No, nah, mate, not 200. I realise rooms feel, are much smaller than I think they are. But, uh, there's tables as well. If, there, if it was a room full of 100 people, the front 30 could hear me. Uh, the other 70 couldn't over the roaring of their stomach. And they were getting increasingly more angry. So I was like, all right, well, done my time. Off the stage. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Walked off. <laughs> Did my time and left. So, yeah. But I'm looking forward to the gig tonight because there will be a settled crowd. Not angry people wanting chicken. But, um, yeah, that was my gig this week. And then I had another gig on Friday. Kazim Jamal did his hour. No dad, no problem. Great hour. Stand at Elements Bar in Lewisham. Uh, really good, really, really good. He's part of the gang. We're all gang. And um, he's done his hour now. Philo's like he's got about three or four hours already out. I've done my hour. So just try to get more guys in the gang. Just get, get our hours out. Film them, record them, put them up. That's what we do. That's the team. And we just, just keep on putting these hours out. And, yeah. I'm talking about him putting his hour out. Because that was my... Hey, I put, I put mine up. Mine's online. The one I recorded in August. Taken a while to do. But um, that's no one's fault. So I thought my, my... The guy who filmed it and edited it has been going through a flipping madness in his life um so you know i was i was understanding it's just one, it's just one of those things so it just took longer than um than i wanted to come out but hey it's one of those things that puts life in perspective you go oh actually there's bigger things in life so yeah, don't worry about it but it's out it's up and here's the plan with the hour uh obviously i want people to watch the hour because it's an hour hour is a body of work that i put together if you make an album, will people listen to the album. But what I will be doing is releasing clips from the hour each week. That's the aim. Um, anything that's kind of topical for that moment. So I released one this weekend about Brexit. Uh, so we'll see that next week. We'll see. We'll see what we we talk about. See if there's anything in the news and in the zeitgeist. And if not, well, I'll just do something random. Something to just showcase. Yeah, that's the thing. If it doesn't relate to any news topic, it'll just showcase my funny. But I might... So it might actually be weak. So it's either that or I might just do it week... Not weekly, just do it based on topics. I don't know. It's a work in progress. But I'm letting you guys in inside. That's the plan. Then what the plan is, is people watch the clip. They go, oh, yeah, that one's amusing. And they go, huh, right. And it's carrying with their day. No, the plan is that they watch it. Go, that's hilarious. Well, I need to see more of that. I can see more of that. Oh, it's a whole hour. Well, um, but I know what's going to happen is I'm going to release all the clips and essentially have the whole hour out in clips, and people just watch clips, and we'll see. We'll see, and maybe one will go viral and get 
36 views. <laughs> but no, it's still about just getting the body of workout. That's all it's about. Um, yeah, so got that out. But my biggest gig of the week was my wedding, obviously, on Saturday. I'm married. I am married. I am now Mr. Griffiths. Always been Mr. Griffiths, but I'm now Mr. Griffiths. It's, it's different. I'm married now. Uh, I have a ring on my hands. I have a watch on my wrist as well. An amazing wedding present from my wife. Uh, got a lovely Targ Hewer. Targ Hewer. Um, Timepiece. Which I'm very happy with. She's worried because she. I'm surprised she got me a watch. Because that's the tradition to get a watch. But we both said, oh, I think I've said no one should ever buy me a watch because I'm too picky i'm picky about things that i can't even like qualify i can't quantify i can't i'm just like yeah i just don't like that one why um i don't know it's just uh i don't know what it is something about it so that is a nightmare for anyone trying to buy me something uh but she went for it through the hell mary yeah she's halfway line Keeper's off his line. She's tried to lob the keeper. And, oh, it's back of the net. She's got it in. Spot on. What is lovely. It's a Targhua Aqua Racer. Because the Aqua Racer and then the 300 metres, that's 1,000 feet. Because that's how deep underwater I can go with this watch. And while I do that, I can set an alarm while I'm underwater. I can't breathe. I've run out of air, but... I've got to get up at 7.30 and my alarm still works. It's, it's going to be great. It's good. Um, guess it works in a submarine as well. 300 metres underwater. I guess that's what it means. Aqua racer. It has to be water. It's not going to be altitude. It's got to be depth. But yeah. And it's cool. It's like the second hand is on one dial. The minute hand's on another. It's all very fun. Uh, tick. So I actually can't see the minute I move it, but it does. It's like a watch pot never boils, but I'm looking at it. It's not, yeah. The minute hand doesn't, I never see it move, but it, clearly it does, because it doesn't stay in the same place. It's like an optical illusion. But I'm very happy with it. But, enough about the material things, and I like my ring as well, even though I've scratched it so much already. Um... But I've now managed to do the mental gymnastics and convince myself it looks good with the scratches. Because I've got a matte finish in the middle. It's palladium. It's palladium ring with a matte finish in the middle. A matte band. And the matte band is scratched. But the thing is, with a matte finish on a ring, is that when it gets scratched, it gets shiny. So, it's a win-win. But it's a nice ring, though. Very nice ring. Um, now, the wedding. Yes. So let's let's start chronologically. Let's go from because I spoke to you on the Friday before the wedding. So Saturday morning, best man. Well, actually, no. Saturday morning, I wake up full of energy. I go to bed early. I go to bed early on Friday. You heard how tired I was on the Friday last recording of the pod. I go to bed early. Go to bed about 10 o'clock. Don't get to sleep till 11. 
close your eyes, wake up, boom, fresh as a daisy. What's the time? Quarter past 12. Go back to bed, Darren. Then I close my eyes, wake up again, boom, fresh as a daisy. What's the time? 2 a.m. Go back to sleep. All right. Boom, fresh as a daisy. What's the time? 4 a.m. I'm, I'm just waking up every two hours. This persists to about 6, 6 o'clock. I wake up, I'm not getting out of bed. Better play on my phone for a bit. It's hilarious because my present from Naomi is just laying on my pillow next to me. I'm just not touching it. And my head's like, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting till just a bit nearer the time until I open. I don't just open it first in the morning. Um, I think, oh, I'm just laying in bed for an hour. So, do I'm going to go gym? Go to the gym. I've got new boxing gloves. So I start beating up a punch bag. Just get the energy out on a, on a cross trainer. And yeah. Get a nice little sweat on. Go over to the bakery. Have a nice brilliant jam croissant. Oh, lovely morning. It's going fantastic. I open my present. It's my watch. I'm like, this is brilliant. Letter as well. You have to write letters to your, your spouse on the morning of your wedding. Uh, lovely letter. My eyes get warm. Start to sweat. Didn't cry. They just sweated. Because I'm a man. And men don't cry. All right. 70s man, um, so <laughs> and my eyes are sweating a bit. I was like, Cool, let's get in the shower. Then my best man is en route to uh, to mine. Get in the shower, I'm ready, I'm getting dressed. He comes, we're getting dressed, it's great. I'm like, Let's try and get the watch uh, adjusted so I can wear it on the day. So we get in the car, my best man reverses into my car. <laughs> Ah, he's like, I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I'm usually a better driver than this because there's no damage if you just drive off. Uh, go to Timpsons to get my Targ watch um, adjusted. Now, I say Targ, I, I'm not the person who drops the brand rather than what the instrument is. You know, you're so good. Oh my God, you scratched my Porsche. No, no, I scratched your car. And I'm happy I did it because you didn't just call it a car. But what happened was, I uh, get to Timpsons and immediately as soon as i hand this watch over to him i can see in his face he's out of his depth but like a true man he does not say that and he gives it a go and you don't want to see someone give your new watch a go and he was giving it a go right it's, it's a, what comes into your mind when i say giving it a go like to to take out links in a watch it's not just careful craftsmanship. No, this guy is bashing, bashing. He's got tweet. He's got pliers out. He's now putting in a vice. I'm like, oh my god, give me back my watch. He's like, when do you need it? I was like, today. Because right. I go, yeah. He goes, it's new, isn't it? I go, yeah. I go, yeah. I need it for a wedding. He said, like, oh, okay. I like my wedding. He's like, Jesus Christ, you put me under pressure now. I was like, no, nah, not really, because you work in Timpson, mate, and you're meant to adjust watches, cut keys, reheal shoes, do all that stuff. So, no, I ain't put you under pressure, mate. Fast, you do your job. But eventually, we both agree he's out of his depth and he just gives it back. So, I was gutted. I couldn't get to wear my watch for the wedding. I'm wearing it now, but I didn't get to wear it for the wedding. Now, we, um, we go back to the flat. I, I swap watches, wear my normal watch, because I was thinking a suit looks crazy without a watch. And then, yeah, 
we head to the venue. Now, we live in Hertfordshire. This venue's 40, 40 minutes away, around the M25 in, near Rickmansworth, Northwood. We are coming off the M25, and I look to my best man, because he's driving. And you know when you ask a question, and you know the answer, and he knows the answer. And it was just out of hope I was asking the question. Um, mate, did you pick up the bag that was in the room? He's like, he looked at me, he's like, no. I go, no, no, don't look like you fucked up, because you haven't. I always went to pick up the bag. I was just hoping you covered my ass through my own incompetence. And he's like, no, I don't think I did. Let's check the boot. He goes, but I didn't pick up anything. I go, I don't think, you weren't meant to. It was me. And I don't remember carrying any bag out. They look at the boot, it's not there. In this bag is all the groomsmen's ties, pocket squares and belts. Kind of the things that make them look like groomsmen rather than guys who, you know, are escorts who are leaving a hotel in the morning. With their shirts all open, just in a, a suit. You know what I mean? Not maybe like office workers on the piss in all bar one. That's what they're looking like until they got these adornments. And uh, so we had to spin that car back round. We was literally 10 minutes away from the venue. So spun back round, picked up all the ties, pocket squares, stuff. They just sat there. The bag, I know the bag does have eyes, but the bag was looking at me. He's like, ah, dickhead, here I am. You came in here looking for your watch. You had two opportunities to pick me up and you didn't. How do you feel now? I was like, shut your face. So then we're gunning it back to the venue. We've lost 40 minutes. I arrive at the venue flustered. Being polite, but I'm just like, hey, how you doing guys? Yeah, cheers. Nice one. Oh, you look great. Nice one. I've just got to do this. He was like, are you Darren? Are you the groom? Yeah, hey, are you, you Teo? Are you the photographer? All right, nice to meet you, man. Yeah, cool. So I just got here. I was going to be here earlier. It's like, okay, it's calm. It's calm. My cousin's trying to set up the music. I'm like, you all right, cuz? How's it going? Is it all right? They're like, oh, hi, we're the registrar. I was like, hi, nice to meet you. Can't really talk to you right now, but can you just um, coordinate this guy? And my sister, Darren, I told you, you shouldn't be running around in the morning of your wedding. I was like, nah, I know, and I'm not going to. I'm just delegating. I just need to delegate quickly. I'm talking about 100 miles per hour. <laughs> It's all mad. People are like, you nervous? I'm like, no, I'm not actually nervous. I'm just later than I wanted to be. And I'm trying to catch up 40 minutes of what would have been chilled, relaxed. Hey, let's have a look at this. And all right. Hey, groomsmen, maybe you could do that. And hey. And do you know what? All my groomsmen are fantastic on the day. They were all like, hey, what can I do, man? I know you're a bit later. Don't you be flustered. We're going to do it. I said, like, okay, yeah, here's your tie. Here's your pocket square. Get these on. And yeah, just do that. And um, yeah, they had to start doing some filming with the videography guys, and um, and just it was just madness, madness in the morning. And then it, then it, I think after twenty minutes of being there, it all kind of calmed down and all resynced, and it all fell back into time. Guests started arriving, they started getting seated. I was at the front. Oh, I was told, hey, the bride's here. The bride's in the car park. She wants everyone in. And so okay, yeah. Because it rained all day, man, because the plan was to have a groomsman in a car park. Um, so guests weren't just walking around smoking. It's just like to get into the venue. But because of uh, the rain, I couldn't have like one of my groomsmen out soaking in the rain. So, yep, yeah, I saw brides in, in, the, in the vicinity. And so I was like, oh, right, it's happening now. 
and it's approaching to i've sat down the registrar i've confirmed who i am all that good stuff certificates being drafted up for my bit i had to have to sign it there and then i think i had to sign one copy yeah i think now i knew that oh if i'm signing this now that means she's literally 15 minutes from doing it then i'm there there at the front of the room ceremony room music's playing oh guests are there Ooh. Some guests come late, ah. So then we bring guests from another room to come in, ah. Uh. Then late guests turn up, ah. Do we kick those guests back out, ah. Con it's controversy. And then, uh, and then we get those guests back in. It's all mad. And it's, it's a little bit of panic before. Then it's two o'clock. Then it's like, the registrar's like, okay, we need to start this now. I was like, yeah, I'm keen. <laughs> it's why I'm here. Let's do this uh, married thing. Then the music kicks in. Whoa, Pasha Bell. Canon in D. Starts playing. I'm like, wicked. Let me turn around and see what's going on. My best friend goes, no, 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 mate. You can't turn around. I was like, what? I want to see what the bridesmaids and the groomsmen look like walking down. I was like, no. No. You face forward. I was like, what? what is this? And I try to turn around again. Then my mum shouts, Darren, stop it. Face forward. I'm like, what is happening? And those Dom, who's my best friend, is like, just enjoy the moment. I was like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to enjoy the moment. I'm trying to see what's going on. And he starts, I'm not sure, I realised, and I was mic'd up at this point, so this <laughs> this going to be in the video. <laughs> I'm going, trying to see what's going on. And then uh, he starts, like, chuckling. We're both just laughing at the front. And then, um, and then the registrar goes, no, no, you have to look back now. I'm like, all right. Okay. And things like, I had no idea what her dress looked like. So then I look back. And then I'm like, oh, oh no, my cheeks wobbling, my lips wobbling. Oh no. Jeez, my eyes are gonna sweat again. I was like, no, force it in. Because here's the thing. Um people say it's lovely when a guy cries at his wedding and stuff. Um but as fun as, like, you know, an idea, in reality, it's not great. And I'm an ugly crier. Like, my eyes go bloodshot straight away. I look like, you know, 98 Dwight York. My eyes go red. I look like I've smoked all the weed and not slept. Stayed awake smoking all the weed. So, um... And I was like, nope, don't cry, force back in. And then I was lost for words. And I think when she got to the front, I said, you look excellent. <laughs> not even beautiful, not even wonderful. I was like, you look excellent. She was like, ah, oh, fakes. I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> but it's what I thought. She thought, you look excellent. Like you excelled anything I imagined. It's, yeah, and she looked great. She looked great, and then... Cracked on, and then I forgot. Um, all I do is repeat after the registrar. Guess which bit I messed up on. She said something, and I didn't catch it. And I went, pardon? Everyone laughs. She goes, just your name, Darren. And I was like, oh, okay. Because she said something before my name, and it threw me off. I thought I had to repeat that. But she basically just went, I, Darren J. Palmer Griffiths. I was like, oh, that's what I was meant to say. Right, cool. So, um, yeah. 
there it was. Uh, and then yeah, just the ceremony just flew by, and then yeah, we were we were married. And then yeah, but we couldn't go outside though because of the rain. But apparently it's good luck if it rains on your wedding day. Well, guess what? It rained all day, so I guess we are really going to be deaf do us part. All right, we are going to be married forever, which I really do not mind. That was the plan. So that's that's yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, man. So a week into being married, um, the ring feels ridiculously comfortable to the point that I keep on looking to see if it's still on. Like, yeah, I think a lot of guys they don't wear any jewelry, uh, like not even watches. Where I, well, when I was young, I dabbled with with rings and stuff. I mean, I've got like a I've got a band on my finger now. Like kind of a reddish, sweaty band that where my ring should go. So, I like that as well. I like the idea of there, even if the ring's off, people can see there's meant to be a ring there. I like that. Um, I was talking the idea of getting a tattoo under the ring, but, I mean, the ring's enough, right? Um, plus, if the ring shifts position, I've just got this weird tattoo under my finger. Um, but, yeah. That's it. Married. And then speeches came. Oh. Actually, a shout out to everyone who participated and everyone who, um, all the, the suppliers, so photographers, caterers, everyone, they were all fantastic on the day. Florists, everyone, it was great. It was just such a great day. I didn't expect to enjoy the day so much. It was like 20 minutes into eating. I was looking around the market. I was like, this is really nice. I was like, oh shit, it's my wedding. I've just got married. <laughs> like, that didn't dawn on me. It was like, I thought I was just a guest at this really cool wedding. I was like, oh, this is actually my cool wedding. That's nice. Yeah, then the speeches came and uh, I was headlining. It's a black wedding, so it was 10 speeches. And um, all the speeches had just a little bit of humour in. Well, they're very... Actually, not all of them had humour in. They're all nice. They're all nice and then some had human some are just hilarious uh my mum's uh naomi's granddad's were just nice naomi's mum's speech was hilarious um uh, every everyone's speech had like quotable moments and it just yeah and i just keep on sitting here even a week after still just laughing i'm not someone's into the bubble anymore but still, I'll just be sat there doing something and I'll just laugh at just something from someone's speech. And Naomi's mum was the first one to bring some hum- inject some proper humour into the speeches. Then my sister absolutely shut it down with her speech. I wasn't expecting that because she hates public speaking. She was really nervous. Uh, I think she said she finished writing the speech at like five in the morning. Um, but yeah, then she came and... That was the first speech that made me go, oh, wait, warm eyes again. Sweaty, sweaty eyes. Stop it. Um, then the bridesmaids did their speech. Selfishly, weren't about me. <laughs> I wasn't that interested in their speeches. No, I'm joking. Their speeches. It's nice to hear people talk about, uh, talk about your wife in a perspective that, obviously, you know of her. But it's to hear those stories of because they're so early on in the relationship. She's not she doesn't share those. 
and stuff. So one of her friends is like, who's this weirdo, this Casanova, taking her on a holiday? Like, after three dates. That's what happened. When you know, you know, isn't it? Um, yeah, so Bridesmaid's good. Then um, there's my cousin, my brother. My other brother, David, was emceeing. So he was good. And then the final speeches were... Yeah, Naomi did a speech. And she said she didn't want to go just before me because it would be too much pressure. And I'm really happy she didn't go just before me because she shut it down. Listen, I'm telling you guys, if you can have the perfect speech, I think hers may have been the perfect speech. No lie. No word of a lie. Her speech was so strong. It had everything. It was like emotive, sensitive, personal, then it, it she, she spoke about people specifically in like a really sincere, it was sincere, but then it was also really funny, flowed so like, it's like the perfect set, flowed really nicely, and I was like, shit, I've got to follow this, then the best man came, my best man, absolutely hilarious, like from start to finish, um, like I said, he's, we've, he has this one line that I keep on telling people at work, and it's, it's so funny. Where he goes, uh, Darren and I have been friends for 27 years, been friends since we were four years old. And um, our 25th anniversary was an understated affair. So uh, I'd like to think of this as a joint celebration, and I really appreciate Nobi dressing up for the occasion. I was, and that just sent the room into absolute like, fits of laughter and stuff. So, um, it's great. It's great. And then I had to do my speech. And uh, yeah, I did mine. And that's it. Mine was still good. My speech was still good, obviously. Oh, like, I do this thing. But um, but it's just not. Yeah, Naomi's and, and Dominic's speech were. Brian and the Best Man's speech was just brilliant. So that was good. It's great. And then, hey, we cut the cake. Didn't know what to do. Cutting the cake because our cake was so tall. I've seen all the videos of people cutting cakes and. You know, uh, feeding each other a slice of cake, but this cake was too awkward in shape, so he's like, "Nah, we'll just cut it and we'll walk away." It was good, really good. And then, uh, yeah, got our first dance on, and then we got just partying. And I think if you came to the evening, you may not have known. If you didn't know it was a wedding, you wouldn't have known it was a wedding. And if you found out it was a wedding, you may not have worked out whose wedding it was. Like, you probably work out Naomi was the bride because she swapped dresses. So she's wearing a white dress. So that's how you'd probably work out. Oh, maybe it's a birthday. Obviously, the big lighting that had Mr. and Mrs. Griffiths written across the wall. But, yeah, you know, little things. But I know it was great. Great day. Great day. Then we stayed in a spa hotel. The same hotel I proposed in. Ah. Don't worry, that was neither, our di- neither of our ideas. It was actually one of the groomsmen who suggested it, like, a few months before. And then, um, yeah, and we just chilled out that Sunday. And I was broken Sunday. The Monday I was broken, she had to go back to work. And I think I've just normalised around Friday. I've got, like, I'm back, my levels are back. I'm happy I didn't go on the honeymoon straight away because I like to be tired on other people's time. I get paid to be tired at my desk. Rather than get paid, rather than be tired on a sun lounger, you know, at a 
at a resort that I've paid for. So, no. Right. That's it. That's been my week, man. Um, yes, I went to the Joker film as well. Great film. Um, I can't see where the controversy comes from, really. But maybe that's because how my brain um, reacts and takes in information. And I just saw it as um, as a warning. As a as a warning of, look, you, you can't treat people like shit. They will react. They will retaliate. And if you don't understand someone else, it's not to just go, you're a weirdo and ostracise them. It's to go, hey, what's up? What's up with you, man? You good? You know, it's that kind of thing. If the person's not putting you in any danger, just treat them with some decency. That's that's what I, that's what I took from the film. But yeah, don't be an arsehole to people, even if they seem weird. If they seem a bit skanky, seem a bit dirty, seem a bit odd. Like, just be nice, innit? But don't put yourself in danger, obviously, not saying that. But yeah, that's what I got from the film. But it was, uh, yeah. Good film, really good film. Really, really good film. It's the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, better than the Heath Ledger Joker. Just different, both really good, both exceptional. I like the Jack, Nichol- uh, Jack Nicholson joker as well so hey how about everyone can have everyone could be good at it yeah just different so yeah anyway let's um let's get on some dear deirdre because well because we've been talking for a while i'm really hungry like proper proper hungry um i've had a bowl of cheerios and a reese's chocolate bar uh, and a bottle of water that's been my and I've played 90 minutes of football and done and done a gig. So probably should eat something before I fall flat on my face and die. Okay. Here we go. Some lovely people in these pictures. Hot threesome. Spiced up my sex life with my husband. Okay. Right. Uh, but now I'm pregnant. I don't know who the father is. Is this a threesome with another guy? The guy, my husband, and I agreed. To... Jesus Christ. That's called a loser's threesome. Well, there's two guys. The guy, so this, who, whose idea was this first? And let's spice up the sex life. Listen, if Naomi tries to say, hey, we need to bring another guy into the bedroom to spice up our sex life, I will march to the kitchen and grab the flipping box and dash all-purpose all seasoning, paprika, pepper, salt, Oregano, garlic, cinnamon, all over the bedroom. Going, that's spiced up. But no bloke is coming in here. Not a chance. What about a woman? Depends who it is. No, joke. <laughs> I'm joking. Maybe. Let's see. Anyway, my guy, that's the guy my husband and I agreed to have a threesome with, could be the father of the child I am expecting. Jesus Christ. I'm 32, my husband's 34. We've been together for eight years, and like many couples, we were bored with our sex life. So one day, my husband asked if I wanted to try something new to spice things up a bit. Oh, God. He suggested inviting a third party to form a threesome. I was up for it, and we agreed it would only be about sex. No emotions were to, be, were to become involved. Um, again, that 
we've seen this so many times, but all right, whatever. We excitedly started to search for the right person through a threesome dating app. We found a guy after chatting with quite a few single men on the app. What, is, what kind of cuck? He didn't live far from us. He's 27, handsome and, oh, humorous. I read humongous. <laughs> ah, anyway. Uh, he's 27, handsome and humorous. We arranged to have dinner with him at a local restaurant and then went to a bar for drinks. Why are we dating? You're, so your husband is now dating a dude. I hope you know that, mate. Now this dude plowed your wife. Is it a real threesome or are you twosing up? Because threesome, you all have to be interacting. So, I don't know, let's see what happened. My husband invited him to our flat at the end of the evening and we had crazy night of sex. It was out of this world. The first time didn't affect my relationship with my husband, but the more we invited this guy to our flat, the deeper I fell in love with him. I think he has some. He has the same feelings for me. Well, we'll see. Are the threesomes happening when your husband's not there? Because they're not threesomes. I then arranged to meet up alone. There it is. Uh, with this guy and has done so a few times now. He's such a gentleman and has such an athletic body. To be honest, I love being with him. And for me, it isn't just about the sex. Oh, God. These feelings made me confused and scared. I didn't know whether we should carry on or stop. My husband was still enjoying our threesomes. But I was beginning to feel guilty about all the secrecy. And I was afraid to tell my husband what I was doing. Now an awful thing has happened. I found out that I'm pregnant, but I don't know who the baby's father is. I have no idea... What I'm going to do. What you're going to do is this. You have a paternity test. And you're going to find out who the father is. And. Um, mm. So I'm guessing you use protection. When you're doing the threesomes right. Or not. Because if you're not using protection. When you're using threesomes. Then you can just say. Well it could have happened in the threesome. And it's your husband's idea. So it serves him right. But. You use protection in the threesomes, then yeah, you're gonna have to uh, you have to say, hey, um, sit down. Well, what's what's going on? We're gonna organise threesome. Hey, wait, see him for a while. What's going on? You know, please sit down. No, no, what's happening? Sit down. I'm pregnant. Oh my god, this is amazing. We've been together for eight years. We have a baby. Ah, it's amazing. Gonna slow down the threesomes, but oh, ah, it's amazing. So yeah, wait. You might not be the father. That's a knife right to the heart. Pow. Anyway. Next one. Drink comes first. Uh, my wife has a drink pro big drinking problem. And I'm not sure how much I can take. My wife has a big drinking problem. She can go without alcohol some days. But she goes absolutely crazy when she does drink. I have come home from work lots of times to find her absolutely paralytic. Oh, Jesus. Does, is, para, is paralytic just like just a word just for drunk or does paralytic mean something else and it applies to being drunk as well because I only associate with being drunk let's see para it's paralytic I thought it was paralytic oh paralytic just means relating to paralysis that makes so much sense I felt it meant something else Informal British, extremely drunk. 
So yes, so it's just been affected by paralysis. So I feel like if someone was struck with paralysis, it's like, oh, he's paralytic. So we're like, oh, he ain't drank anything. It's like, no, it, it means you've been affected by paralysis. Anyway, I'm 52. My wife is 47. We've been married for 20 years. Uh, but the last three years have been the worst. She's, I think she's suffering some kind of mental disorder. Um, I have tried my hardest to talk to her about it, but to no avail. She always justifies her reasons for drinking. It is embarrassing to admit that she loses control of her bladder and has wet the sofa and the bed. She totally ignores anything I see about her welfare. She says, I nag. She's great normally, but totally different on drink. I don't know how much more I can take. All right, um, you've been married for 20 years, so you have to work it out, mate. You can't just divorce her now. You know she's had a drinking problem all this time, and you haven't addressed it. Well, you got to address it now. Work through your problems. Um, and get her to seek help. Um, oh, jeez, here's, here's a good one. Here's the last one. Sex dreams, but it's sex dreams. Sleep talking about my ex in a sexual way is making my girlfriend upset and jealous. Wait, wait, wait. Sleep talking about my ex in a sexual way is making my girlfriend upset and jealous. Wait, so have you done it continuously? Oh no, let's see. Dear, 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 I have been sleep talking about my ex in a sexual way and it's been hurting my current girlfriend. Oh no. Six months ago, I split up with my ex not very long. It was very messy, even though it was the right decision. I didn't want to carry, as I didn't want to carry on the relationship. Now I'm with somebody new. I'm incredibly happy, but she gets so hurt by my sleep talking. I'm 27, my new partner's 25. I have zero feelings towards my ex, conscious or unconscious. Well, you wouldn't know unconsciously, so I don't know how you can make that claim. Anyway, so why am I doing this? I just want it to stop. I'm beginning to think I need therapy. Um, what are you saying, though? Is it just like a... Right, let's say your ex is called Sally. Is it a... Mm, Sally. Or is it a... Or say your current girlfriend's called like Helen. It's like a, mm, yeah, Sally. Helen never does that. That's right, Sally. Ah, because those are completely different. Like, and things though. When if you get caught sleep talking, you're literally at the disposal of the other person's story. That's the worst about those kind of arguments. It's completely one-sided because you're trying to defend something that you don't even know you've done or how you've done it. And the other person is just hammering you just like, you said this person's name in your sleep. It's like, I was asleep, so what? Obviously, you're talking to her. You're thinking about her. Uh, no, I'm not talking to her. So you're just thinking about her all the time then? Uh, no. Huh? <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, but yeah. Whoa. Okay. Got one more, one more, one more, and then we're done. Because I'm not sure what this means. Okay, Willy Woes. I'm worried my girlfriend will leave me because my manhood looks like a stick of celery. Now, I don't know what the fuck that means as a description. Um, because celery is like... The main root of it is like kind of like a hexagonal shape. Then it has branches coming off it with florets. 
like little threats. Yeah, it's not threats like broccoli, but it's it's got to be like trimmed celery. So is he saying it's got angles? What is my man saying? Let's see. Um, although I am more than happy with the length of my manhood, it's very thin. And I think it looks like a stick of celery. My girlfriend says she can't feel it when we have sex. Ah! Oh, no. It's not even in his head. She fully says, I can't feel it. How long have you been together for? Jeez. Which is really... Yeah, so uh, my girlfriend says she can't feel it when we have sex, which is really starting to affect me. Uh, I am putting off having sex with her now. I imagine, mate. Uh, I had a few girlfriends before her, and I don't remember any of them ever complaining. Though perhaps they were just being polite and didn't want to hurt my feelings. I'm 24, my girlfriend's 22. We've been together for just over a year, but I worry that she will get bored and might cheat or end our relationship. Uh, I would be devastated as we get on really well apart from this. I've, is there anything I can do to increase the size so that I can make my girlfriend happy? Would surgery be a good plan? Um, no, listen. If your dick's too thin, what do you do? Just wear like loads of condoms, mate. There's loads of coats. Make it hench. So you do, mate. You won't be able to feel anything, but she'll have a great time. I've seen those penis extenders. I've seen those on um on Twitter. Actual contraption. You wear it. Ah, oh, but that won't do good for your psychology. None of those suggestions do for your psychology. So you need to become comfortable with the size of your penis. And she needs to become comfortable with the size of your penis. And if both of you aren't, I think I have to end the relationship. Because um, as a man, you can't have that in your head. So, no. Um, but look, there's other ways to satisfy your lady. So do those other things. You know... Use your mouth, uh, do some ironing, clean the house without being asked. That kind of stuff, that will satisfy her. Do all that good stuff, just make up for all the rest. That's what you got to do. And then you'll be fine. Alright, that's the end of the pod. Um, like I said, uh, Y is up on YouTube, the full video. So share that around, that would be great if you could. And, um, yeah, just share it around to get the algorithms popping. I've been Daryl Griffiths. This has been Griff's Brain Dump, episode 143. Peace!